Well, thanks for being with us this morning. Uh, anybody here last week for Aspen preaching? Wow, that was great stuff. If you haven't seen that, that's on our website, uh, cocfamily.com. You can see that. Uh, amazing job teaching on faith. And uh, we, um, the last time that I taught, which would have been two weeks ago, uh, it was so exciting. We talked about unforgiveness that I thought I'd do part two. <laughs> because you guys had such a good time last time. That we, right? I mean, yes. Everyone say yay. Yay. And cry a little bit. <laughs> so we said uh, just a couple review slides. And we said that unforgiveness results from an emotional wound, a real, a real wound that becomes infected. Say infected. Yuck. Gross. Becomes infected with feelings of bitterness, resentment, and revenge because of a delayed response. That's the thing. It's a delayed response. We're not going to forgive the wrongdoer, right? And so this stuff festers inside of us. And when we talk about unforgiveness, it's one of our most felt needs. Jesus told us that. We, we need to deal with unforgiveness. But I tell you what, stand up here and talk to a bunch of people about unforgiveness and see the looks that they give you back. <laughs> I, I guarantee you won't be standing up here for very long. It's a deeply personal issue. And we feel that we're owed something. So instantly, everyone starts getting a little defensive. You should see your faces. I mean, it's just mean. Everyone just, everyone's like, smile. I'm just kind of having fun with you, but, but we, f we feel like you're messing with my stuff. You can tell me about Jesus and how good he is, and even talk about pride and some stuff. You know, we'll dig in. Well, you're talking about forgiving people. Pastor, you have no idea what they've done to me. You're right, I don't. But God does. And if it's, if it's a pastor telling you that you need to forgive, well, then you might have an issue. If it's God telling you you need to forgive then your issue's not with me. Your issue's with the guy who's telling you to forgive, which is not me, it's God. And here's what you got to keep in mind. So you're going to have opportunity to get mad at me today. Just, I mean, just go ahead. I mean, come out swinging. Go ahead, I can handle it. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I'm going to be reading scripture to you. And we're going to be dealing with a couple things. And here's what you need to know. You need to filter everything we tend to put motives on God. We place our humanly conceived and derived motives and we overlay them on our image of God. And so every, anytime you get in a tough spot with the Lord and you're not liking something, you need to go to the cross to know what God's motive is. And I know that's a little confusing for you, but when you deal with tough stuff, it's easy to feel like God's picking on me. God doesn't want me to have any fun. God just wants to make my life miserable. God's asking more of me than he's asking of anyone else. I'm sure no one's ever felt like that. Well, it's easy for them to forgive. Nothing ever happened to them. But oh, if you knew what happened to me, hey, we're not belittling anything that's happened to anybody. But we're just saying it's easy to put our motive, you know, like to, to think we know what God's motive is. He just wants to be mad at me. He just wants to punish me. If God wanted to punish you, he would have put you on a cross where you deserve to be. Instead, he did the opposite. And he went on the cross for you. That's his motive. I need you to understand this. So that when we get into this today, you're like, 
<laughs> okay? You need to know that the motive of God is your redemption. It's your healing. It's your thriving life. That's his motive. When God tells you something, if it's hard to understand or hard to, to it hurts your feelers, you need to know his motive is not revenge. It's not being angry at you. It's not getting even with you. It's not picking on you. It's not doing something to you that he didn't ask of anyone else. He asked the same thing of Jesus, and Jesus did it. And he went to the cross for something that wasn't his fault. That's God's motive, is so that you can be brought into fullness of life. God said that, that he came so that you could have life, and not just life, but what kind of life? Abundant life. Just say that word again, abundant, abundant life. <sighs> Anything that God tells me that's painful for me to hear, it's because he wants me to have abundant life. Not because he's angry at me or wants to pick on me or get even with me. He could do that if he had finger, you know, whatever, like just, he wouldn't have to snap even. Do you know what I mean? He could, he could wipe me out in a breath. So if he wants to get even, if he wants to cause me pain, if he wants to hurt me, if he wants to make my life miserable, that's not a difficult task for him. And instead, Jesus came and he introduced us to the way of life. And it's not just to get to heaven when I die, it's the way of life. It's li of this abundant life for today. So we read this verse last time. And it's, it's kind of in, in Luke here, and we highlighted this. Give us each day the food we need. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And we said, we said forgiveness is like spiritual breathing, right? We need food for our bodies. We need forgiveness for our spirits so that we can be clean and made new. And we need to forgive for our own souls. It's this body, soul, and spirit. It's all-encompassing. So I, just, I, I want you to know this as we go into the next part. That's our last slide from last week. It's all brand new, really good stuff now. <laughs> so you need to know that there's this, there's this process. So which, remember the God forgive me as I forgive others. Which part of that is breathing? That part or that part? Remember, we talked about that last time. You can't have one without the other. They're both part of breathing. So it's part of the same process. God, forgive my sins as I forgive others. It's part of the thing. Okay, what's the grossest thing you've ever seen or, or smelled or felt or looked at? The grossest thing, the absolute gross. I mean, I mean, dig deep. Think of the thing. What's the grossest, nastiest, ugliest, most putrid? I mean, burning hair is nasty. Are you, are you just pointing at somebody? Oh, Taylor's mouth. Yeah, that was, that was really gross. Yeah, because if you're talking about what's the grossest thing you've ever seen, you shouldn't point at people. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's not a good way to start that segment. <laughs> grossest thing you've ever experienced, or seen, I mean nasty, I'm talking like make you gag. Anyone ever gagged before? Nah, like just cauliflower, that does it. That's all you need to say. Nasty, nasty. Sean, I was sick, you know, a week ago and... Shauna was eating, had to be cauliflower in there. You had in your vegetables where you had the other day, you had peas and stuff, you were eating like a stir fry kind of thing. Was there, there was some evil demonic thing in there. <laughs> I was gagging. I went to the other room and I was like, <laughs> she can eat her food, don't say nothing. It's just, it's my own deal. 
Anyways, a couple years ago, a couple years ago down at, we got a creek down below the house, and a deer died down there, and it froze during the winter. So half of it was underwater, half of it, we, the creek runs all year round, half of it was above ground, and that part froze or whatever, and, and so it was kind of this weird, well, spring comes, spring cleaning time, all right? So we're going to go down, and we're going to get the deer out of the creek, because gross, kids play, in the, you know, was, the kids were little, and they played in there, like, well, we've got to get that out of there. So I go traipsing down, because I'm a good husband, all right? Man, man of God, yeah? Go down to get the deer out of the creek. I got my five-gallon bucket, and uh, go down to grab the deer. And, uh, and so the part that's underwater is kind of more whatever. part that's above water, it was froze all winter, so it's still got hair on it and stuff. So I grabbed the deer leg, the hairy deer, you know, the a dead deer leg, like a regular dead deer leg. And I grab it, and I pull, and the outside skin comes off like a sock. <laughs> so the bone and some gray stew is left that's and it's dripping and it's dripping it's dripping out of this deer sock that I'm holding in my hand. I've got a deer sock in my hand and the rest of it is laying there and I'm li I'm literally physically gagging. <laughs> like it stinks and it's gross. It was the grossest thing I've ever seen. I just, I, I couldn't do it. I just left. I'm like, I'm done. And so Marnie went down. It's true. It is so true. She put on her big gloves and she got a shovel. And it was deer stew. It was gray paste and it was runny. And it was horrible. And you know, we worked hard on that. And I stayed up and watched Miley, and she took the deer out. That was one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, right, I know, I need the bucket. Jeff's holding the bucket out for me. And you know what is almost as bad as that for me? For me. Anyone do any of your own plumbing work? Anyone ever have a bathroom sink that won't drain right? Oh, I, I used to have, I mean, most of you guys know me from the back in the day. I used to have long hair, so I, I know what it is to clean out the drain. When stuff gets wet, I, I'm just done. I just am done. And that hair sits in the drain for eight months and oozes and turns into some demonic creature from the pits of hell. <laughs> I used to do construction for other people back as pastoring, and then I would always do other stuff. And so I got in this one deal where someone needed help. And so, I mean, I was getting paid. And so it was up, up in a different town, and he, he was going to be gone for the day. And so he took me through the house, and I was supposed to be, you know, building walls and stuff. He's like, well, while you're here, I want you to do some of this other stuff. Put these, these air traps in because they were having problems with their plumbing. So I had to go pull all these traps apart. And I'd pull the trap apart, and I'd have to stand up and wrestle that thing off. As that slimy monster dropped down. And I didn't bring gloves with because I'm supposed to be building walls and stuff. So I'm taking paper towels and I'm <laughs> pulling that thing out of there. Oh. There's a point to all this. There really is. But that, my friends, so yeah, we just cleaned our drains out the other day. So, well, Marnie did. <laughs> I can't do it, man. I'll just, like if, like if they came to my place and they're like terrorists and they're like, 
we're taking your family and we're going to kill you slowly or you clean this drain out. I'd just be like... <laughs> I can't. I'm like, I don't... I don't want to die, but I, you know, if it's me or the drain, it's, I guess it's me. I don't know, I don't, I don't know what else to do. So I want you to think of that slime or that deer slime or, or whatever gross thing that you've ever seen and gagged at or cauliflower, right? And it's not a good analogy, but it's as close as we can get. And I want you to think about that as your sin. And you're covered in that stuff. Right? And that doesn't come close to what our sin is in the presence of a holy God. And that slimy garbage is on us. And see, here's what we've done in our lives, knowingly or unknowingly. I'm sure all of you guys are innocent, so unknowingly. But you've sinned. And you've sinned against God, but it doesn't stop there. You've sinned against people. You've lied to someone. You've done something to someone. You've been rude to not, I mean, probably not you guys, but, you know, people can be rude to people. You can not be loving. You can have bitterness towards someone, unforgiveness, whatever. You've done something towards someone else, which is a sin against God, but it's also a sin against someone else. Are you with me? You get it? So, like, maybe just... uh, whatever, um, greed, maybe just greed in my own heart. That's probably just, a, you know, unless I'm doing, unless I'm cheating someone out of money. If it's just, if it's just in my heart, that would probably be just a sin. You know, idolatry, that would be a sin mostly just in my heart against God. But there's a lot of sins that we do against someone else. And that is like exchanging that hair monster slime with them. And it's all over your hands. And it's all over your clothes and it's in your mouth, and it's in your eyes, and it's dripping off your ears, and you're saturated in it. Here's what I also know. Because we're human, you've been offended. And someone has slimed you. Agree? You've had reason to have unforgiveness against somebody. They've slimed you. They smeared you with deer slime. Sink hair, right? They put it on you. And you're looking at it and you're going, oh, God, get it off of me, right? And so what we do is we come to the cross and we're like, Jesus, I love you. I'm not worthy. I need you to forgive me. Come into my life. Make me clean. I want to follow you. Amen. And our sins are washed away. And then we walk away, and we go, ooh, that person, I still hate them. The slime that's on you against Jesus and the slime that's on you because someone else slimed you is the same slime. You didn't sin. They sinned against you, but now you're holding that unforgiveness in your heart. You're keeping that slime. And so you're saying, God, I want you... As part of the process of God washing hair slime off you, it needs to be all washed off. If you're going to be clean, follow me here. If you're rolling around in the creek in deer slime, dead deer slime, gray stew, little chunks of bone and little pieces of hoof and stuff, and it was stew, man. So you're just, you're just, just sinking into that. Mm. 
if God is going to cleanse you from that, then it needs to be all gone. You can't say, God, cleanse me from this part and not this other part. This is going to make sense in a second here. It all needs to go. Does that, if you're going to be clean, it all needs to go. Yes or no? Yes. That didn't sound very excited about it. How much of it needs to go? All, all of it. How much? All. all. It all needs to go. What kind of motives does God have? Remember the cross. He's for you, right? He wants you to thrive, right? Yes or no? God wants you to thrive. He wants you to live a vibrant, energetic, Holy Spirit, joy-filled life. Yes or no? Yes. If he, could, if he wanted to smite you, you'd be gone in a second. Yes or no? Yes. So his motive is he's for you. He loves you. He wants you to walk in freedom and life and joy. And he taught us how to pray. We read that in Luke last time. But let's go to Matthew now. Let's go to Matthew and look at it. This then is how you should pray in Matthew 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts or our sins or our trespasses. As we have also forgiven our debtors, those who owe me something, the unforgiveness, right? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. Man, we love this. We put it on our brochures. We say it at funerals. Yeah, it's part of our catechisms. We love that. But Jesus wasn't done. He didn't stop there. This isn't the end of his words. The very next verse is talking about this prayer, and he's cluing us in how to pray and how to walk this out. Listen to this next verse. He says in verse 14, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That is hard stuff. We like to skip over those verses. We don't have that one on our car, do we? <laughs> That's not a fridge magnet, is it? And it would be really easy to just always give you encouraging stuff. But I want you to see this. This is encouraging stuff. It's freedom and it's life. And it's really easy when I see a verse like this to put stamp ogre on top of God. Oh, so I have to forgive every mean thing or you're just not going to forgive me? And we picture God standing there going, go ahead, try not forgiving them and see how far you get. <laughs> right? That's why I prefaced all this saying, you got to know that God proved everything to you about his motives for you at the cross. But it does not mean that he's not... If we love our kids, are we not going to introduce them to things that are harmful and that they should stay away from them? Like, like well, if there's knives on the table, Callie knows not to grab those and run around. That we could, We've taught her that because it doesn't lead to her flourishing. And so sometimes we read statements like this, and it's painful, and it's hurtful. And we're like, that taints my view of God. Well, he just loves me, right? He just loves me, and he just loves you, and he loves everybody, and he loves bunnies, and he loves rainbows. He's just a God like that. And he loves you enough to tell you things like this. And what he's saying here is, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Father will forgive you. If you are willing to get washed of all the hair slime, then you get to be clean. But if you really want to hang on to the hair slime that Justin did against me last week, then he's saying you can't get clean. 
Because by your own volition, by your own choice, you want to keep that smelly deer stew on you. You're like, but God, forgive me. Am I wash me clean? He's like, I keep trying to wash you clean. Even though you deserve punishment for your sins, I keep trying to wash you clean. You keep wiping slime on you. That's what that verse is telling us. If you, do, if you are willing to forgive others and let go of the hair slime of what Peggy said to me last week, right? I'm going to let that go. God's like, all right, now we can get you all clean. Does that make sense a little bit more? Does it give a little insight into why God would say something like that? It's because he gives us enough free will that, all right, fine, you want to hang on to that sink slime? You're not, then you're going to struggle with your sins getting forgiven because you're, you're determined to have slime on you. You're determined to walk in filth. Whew. All right, let's all go home. <laughs> Wounded and beat up, right? Let's uh, just make it a little bit lighter. I'll throw in a quote from Brant Hansen <laughs> because he's always a little funny and tells us like it is. Brant says this in his unoffendable book. Remarkably, in Jesus' teaching, there's no allowance for, okay, well, if someone's really a jerk, then yeah, you need to be offended. We're flat out told to forgive. Even the very stuff that's understandably maddening and legitimately offensive. Brand is just saying, Jesus just makes this blanket statement. You got to forgive. But that's the way to life. Remember, Jesus is showing us the way to life. 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 That's how we live free. Because God wants you to live free. Yes or no? Yes, he does. Mark 11, 22. What did Aspen teach on last week? Say it again. Faith. Let's talk about faith. All right, let's talk about faith. Mark 11, 22 through 24. You guys know these verses. Man, we like the... Now, here's a refrigerator verse, if I've ever seen one. Come on. Bumper sticker right here. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their hearts, because I don't doubt in my heart, and, and believes what was, they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it, and it'll be yours. Praise the name of Jesus. That is an awesome verse. I wish Jesus would just stop sometimes. Like, that's a great verse. Jesus, that's enough teaching for today. Thank you very much. All right, we're going to go and rally our faith. Okay, but he didn't stop there. Verses 25, he says, and, and. That's connected to the, the previous part. And. Say and. and. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Oh, piles of deer slime. What are we doing here? <sighs> you notice that in both of these sections, we're talking about great faith. We're talking about Jesus teaching them how to pray. And when you stand praying, oh yeah, we're going to bring it right back around. Forgive, forgive. Let's go to Colossians. Therefore, as dearly as God, Colossians 3, 12 and 13 says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Remember, what's God's motives? You're, you're loved. He He's for you. Clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and what? Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive 
as the Lord forgave you. Okay, I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> sensing that God, this wasn't a one-off, that God just didn't maybe slip and say, oh yeah, it's really important that you forgive as you're forgiven. I think he's trying to get his point across. One more verse, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, 30 through 32. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, well, that sounds serious. Well, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Dave, do you want to do that? I don't want to do that. Let's not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get, oh, oh, he's telling us how we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Oh, get rid of all bitterness, rage. Oh, boy, that grieves the Holy Spirit? Oh, well, I guess I don't want to have that in my heart. Brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. He's telling us what to do to, en to encourage the Holy Spirit being active in your life. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. A guy by the name of Keith Cleddy, in his book, uh, The Lord's Prayer, I think, Praying the Lord's Prayer, he says this, the absolute proof that Christ is Lord of your life is revealed in your willingness to choose to live in forgiveness. Keith, I am not a fan of yours any longer. <laughs> Let's read one more from Brandt. Brandt Hansen says, Jesus tells his followers to forgive as we've been forgiven. Listen to this, guys. This might be talking about you. Yet we find reasons why this doesn't quite apply in our situation. Instead, we tell ourselves that we can live a Christian lifestyle and integrate our own decisions about whom to forgive and when we forgive them. He says, Brandt says, this is especially dangerous because when we do that, we're walking away. We're not just, we're, we're just not, we're not aware that we've walked away at all. We've just de-radicalized the very nature of following Jesus because we think we know a better way. Well, Brant, you used to be a favorite offer of mine. Jesus, is, he showed up on the scene and he wanted to talk about the kingdom of God. How do we get into the kingdom of God? How do we access this unseen realm? And so he starts saying all these things. And when he gives us these entry points in how to live this thriving life for God, it doesn't help us to dumb that down and snip parts of it out because it makes our hearts hurt and our feelers wounded because we're missing out on the life that he has for us then. Remember, what's his motive? Vibrant, abundant life. Remember? Jesus wants you to live an amazing life. And then we snip these parts out of our Bible. We're like, well he, well, he didn't mean forgive that person. He meant forgive like when the kid comes up and calls you a snotty nose head. You know, I'll forgive that kid. But I'm not going to forgive that guy because, boy, you don't know what he did to me. Man, I'm not minimizing this stuff. It's, it's painful stuff. But it doesn't mean that Jesus didn't tell us how to thrive. If you want to stay stuck, stay stuck. Right? If you want to stay covered in slime, go ahead. Find another sink to clean. Go ahead. Wrap yourself in that hair creature. <sighs> Brandt goes on to say, I think many of us who live in this society that is so riven with anger, even addicted to it, Jesus is giving us a similar demand. Give up your anger. Because of what I've done for you, give it up and forgive. And sadly, a lot of times our response is, that's not fair. Okay. Let's go on. There's three kinds of people in this room today. Those who don't want to forgive, you just, you know what? Blank you, Pastor. I'm just sitting here and I'm hanging on to this stuff. 
Blank means bless. Bless you, pastor. That's what, that's what you're really saying in your hearts. There's those of you that want to forgive and you feel stuck. You feel like you can't shake it. You feel like you can't get out of it. And then there's those of you here today that I'm hoping the Holy Spirit talks to. I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to talk to you. You got some nasty unforgiveness in your heart and you have no idea. Like, and you'd be honest. You'd pass a lie detector. I, I really don't have any unforgiveness. Like, I love everyone. I just love everyone. And your wife is watching you just snap for no reason at that. Like, really? What's in there? And maybe you don't even know. And a lot of times there's junk in there that, that we need the searchlight of the Holy Spirit to show us because the heart is deceptively wicked. It's tricksy, as Gollum would say, right? Any Lord of the Rings fans here? It's tricksy. So either you don't want to forgive, or we want to forgive and we feel stuck, we feel like we can't, or we don't realize that there's garbage in there. Holy Spirit, shine your light on our hearts today. Help us to see. So why don't we want to forgive? Uh, Amanda Rowett, I quoted her last time. She's a Christian counselor. She's got some amazing stuff. She had these four reasons, and there's many more, but she said in her counseling, she finds that these come up a lot. She said that we feel like unforgiveness is payback. If I hold anger against you in my heart and I'm not going to let go, I'm paying you back for the hurt that you caused me. I'm causing you hurt. Watch me. Feel that? Sure, it's destroying me, but ooh, I'm paying you back. She says uh, unforgiveness makes us feel powerful. We often feel powerless when we're wounded, right? Someone does something to us that was outside of our control, outside of our choice, and we got we got we got catapulted into this hurtful thing. And I I don't feel like I've had, I can't. What can I do about it? We wrongly assume that hanging on to unforgiveness gives me some power and some control in this situation. That's an illusion, guys. Don't fall for that. Don't, don't, it's a bait and switch. Don't fall for that. But we do. We do often. It makes us feel like we've got some control. Oh, yeah, you want to do that to me? Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to stand here and do that to you then. Mm. Right? And we might settle. Easy there. Settle down. I'm surprised it's taken that many years to do that. Because if you know me at all, that should happen every Sunday. <laughs> but by the grace of God, go I. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's payback. It makes us feel powerful. Brant says this. Our anger is valuable to us. Huh. That's why we want to hold it, savor it. It means something. It means we've been wronged. We're in the right, obviously. And we're the victims of an unfair exchange. We want to even out the scales. And one way to do it, at least psychologically, is to stay offended. We feel like we're somehow managing this thing, and we feel like we've got some power now if I, if I am not going to forgive you. But we don't. It just eats us up. It also, we use it as a weapon. How many of you guys, don't, please don't raise your hands. <laughs> don't raise your hands. But how many of you seem to have a very historical memory with your kids or your spouse or your coworker? And, Listen, I said I'm sorry. Okay, well, maybe you have to say it again. And you use that for manipulation. And, and they really are sorry. And you really aren't forgiving them. And you really do like that weaponization to hurt them more 
All right, I'm going to make you grovel some more. Last thing she says is, she says, unforgiveness often is a protective mechanism. Well, if I have to forgive, that means I've got to deal with, maybe the, maybe there was 1% of wrong that I did in this situation. Or maybe I just have to face it. Like, I have to just, huh, I, have to, I have to actually deal with it. If I just stay angry, that covers up a lot of the processing that I have to do with it. That's tough. And any one of those four, you're just going to get stuck there and rot. And you're going to end up just, a pile of deer slime. It's just, it's just eating you away from the inside out. So let's uh, talk about some misunderstandings and some hurdles, some, some reasons that I've heard actually most of these from different people over the years. This is a kind of a really, really practical. This is not a how to forgive, but this is uh, some hurdles that you might be staring at, and it's going to give you some permission to live a, a normal life and let the Holy Spirit do some powerful things. You'll see what I mean when we get into this, because we have a lot of conceptions about forgiveness that isn't exactly what biblical forgiveness is. Okay, so forgiveness. There's, there's a lot of them here. It doesn't mean that there's no consequences. We feel like if I forgive someone, then they don't ever have to, you know, pay for anything. Now it's, now it's not our job to be judge, jury, and executioner, but we think that, that if I forgive, there'll, there'll never be any consequences for stuff. Uh, this, like, to be for real here, you can forgive someone and still call the cops. You can still report things. You can still, well, Jesus says I have to forgive them. You know, they've, you know, whatever. I just, I don't want to bring up anything. Just, <laughs> I want to give examples, but I don't want to give examples. You can, you can still, you can still bring authorities in if, if that is a helpful measure or to stop bad things from going on. Forgiveness is something that happens in your own heart. But a lot of people think that they can't do that. Well, I forget, you know, the Lord says I'm supposed to forgive. Okay, but there's processes here. Forgiveness, we said this last time, it's not a feeling. These, all of these, by the way, come from that Amanda Rowett, the Christian counselor, that she's super wise. And she's just kind of giving us some permission to walk through forgiveness because it's hard. It's hard to say, all right, Jesus, I don't want to be covered in deer slime. I want to be forgiven and I want to forgive. But this is tough. And I think some of these might help you guys today. That's why I put them on here, obviously. Like, these are helpful things. It doesn't mean that you're required to trust the person. I have heard this one over and over and over. You bring up forgiveness, and someone says, I just don't think I can trust them anymore. But then don't. You don't have to have a supernatural trust for them. Just, that's okay. But you need to let it go. You need to have an open hand. You need to release them from the prison that you're trying to put them in. Forgiveness is different than processing pain, all right? Well, I've forgiven them, but I still have stuff in my heart, and I still, I'm still have these thoughts. Hey, we need to process. We're, we're body, soul, and spirit, okay? Forgiveness is a choice. Then we get to process through walking out of that sludge. All right, let's get this cleaned off. Let's get this cleaned off. Let's not think this thought anymore. And that might take a week or two weeks or 20 weeks or 2,000 weeks as we process through it. Oh, I'm still processing. I must not have forgiven him. Well, if you've made a choice to forgive and let go, then let God process that through with you and keep making that choice. Forgiveness is not conditional. For example, she says, it is not dependent on the other person's apology. Well, Lord, I really want to forgive them, but they won't come and say they're sorry. 
or they won't return my stuff. Or like, Forgiveness is your choice with you and Jesus about another person or group of people. You choose. There's more. There's another whole other screen. Forgiveness doesn't uh, minimize or deny your pain. If I forgive them, then it's going to be like, well, what they did to me, it just wasn't that big a deal. Is that what I'm supposed to say, God? Is that what I'm supposed to say? It wasn't that big a deal what they did to my daughter or what they did to me. Is that what that means? No, Jesus is telling you how to have life, how to walk in freedom. Of course it's a big deal. But you clutching on to that slime isn't going to help. Jesus is saying, I'm not minimizing anything. I'm recognizing that this is a big deal, and you can't handle it on your own. You can't be judge, jury, and executioner. You can't hold on to that sludge. You're going to die. Man, I want you to live. You're gonna, it's going to consume you. It's death. Don't hang on to death. Icky. Go away from that. It's not minimizing what happened to you. Jesus is coming right alongside of you, walking with you. It doesn't condone the offense. If I forgive them, that means that what they did is okay. Pfft. It is not. I'm not scoffing at you. I'm, scoff like, I'm scoffing because that's a, that's a trick of the enemy. That's what that scoff was. If that was in your own head, I was not picking on you. I'm scoffing at the devil that wants to say, well, if you forgive them, you're saying that what they did is just fine. No, you're not saying that at all. You're coming before the Lord, which is the proper place to bring it. You're saying, God, this really hurt. I really am having a tough time with this. But I don't want to be covered in slime. I, I want to walk in freedom. Oh, I don't want them to feel like it's okay that they did that. Jesus is saying, that's not what you're saying. You're saying you're letting go of your ownership of that debt. It doesn't mean that the offender deserves it. Well, I'll forgive them if they deserve it. Forgiveness is killing you. Forget about what it's doing to the other person. Unforgiveness is killing you. And doesn't mean that they deserve to be forgiven. They probably most likely don't deserve to be forgiven, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about our own hearts. It doesn't diminish the seriousness of the offense. We talked about that already. It doesn't mean forgetting. Although, God may bring you to a place where you don't even ever think of it anymore. But if it ever pops up in your head again, oh, I must not have forgiven. And I've heard that one over and over and over again. Well, if it does pop up, just keep, make sure you've got an open hand. God, I, I don't want to hold anything against anybody. And there's times that God may just help you cleanse that out of your mind. It doesn't mean reconciliation. I've heard this one a million times. So if I forgive them, that means me, we need to be best buddies and go out to the movies all the time? Nope. It doesn't. Not at all. Doesn't, doesn't even mean you need to be friends. They just need to not be your enemy. They can be a neutral acquaintance. <laughs> That's over there somewhere walking, and you're over here. That's fine. But they need to not be your enemy, because that's not the right place for your heart. And the last one, you can forgive and still have boundaries. So many people think, oh, if I forgive them, then i got to give them total access to my life, and I'm just going to get hurt again. It's okay to just be like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to probably not go get pizza and talk about the good old times, whatever. Like, I, just, I need some space, and that's okay. It's okay to have barn. You don't, you don't have to be a doormat. Well, God says you're supposed to forgive. You do that. You forgive. But it's okay to set boundaries. Boundaries are healthy. 
in a, in a humble and thoughtful and wise way, boundaries are, help, are healthy. We're not going to do it to be vengeful or even because we're forgiving. We're letting go of all that stuff. This is this next slide. Okay, we're done with those screens. I don't know if you guys got your pictures of those. If not, I can send them to you or whatever. This, this next slide, we're, we're heading to the end here. This next slide is my favorite slide in the whole presentation. Lewis B. Smeeds says this. Forgiving does not erase the bitter past. A healed memory is not a deleted memory. Instead, forgiving what we cannot forget creates a new way to remember. We change the memory of our past into a hope for our future. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I just can't forget about that. Well, let Jesus teach you a new way to remember the old junk as, oh, I've been forgiven. I've forgiven those. I distinctly remember forgetting that, right? I distinctly remember that not being a part of having a hold on my life anymore because I've let go. And when the devil keeps wanting to bring that up, say, nobody home. <laughs> that's, that's a redeemed memory. I remember, I, just, I remember vividly how God helped me to forgive that person from that event. That's what I'm remembering. That's what I'm choosing to remember about it. I remember the supernatural power of God. When I couldn't, he said, you can. And we did. So we are. Ha, devil, no more. It's a new way to remember. Lewis Smead, same guy, says this again. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that that prisoner was you. couple more quotes. We're winding up here. Amanda Rowett says, the mindset of forgiveness is this. My transgressor, the one who did something to me, does not owe me anything anymore. I release the violator from paying for the pain that they caused me. Take a picture of this and pray it, okay? If you're struggling, this is for those of you that can't seem to get over the hurdle. I'm right with you, man. You got this. We can do this. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. It's not human. It's supernatural. And you can pray this. Okay, God, this person does not owe me anything anymore. And you can say it out loud with your lips to God. God, this person, I feel like they do, but you know what? I'm making a decision. This person does not owe me anything anymore. I release them from paying for the pain that they caused me. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. They owe me. But you know what? Here and now, clean slate. I release them. And if I got to do it five minutes from now again, I'm going to do it again. And if I got to do it again tonight before I go to bed, I'm going to do it again. And if I got to do it again when I wake up in the morning, because I wake up, ooh, I can't know. You know what? They don't owe me anything anymore. I release them from paying for the debt, the pain that they caused me. I release them. And I'm going to say it. And I'm going to say it out loud. And I'm going to say it to my friend. And I'm going to say it to my God. And I'm going to say it to the mirror. And I'm going to say it over and over again, because it's my declaration. I have the authority in my life, not that person, not the devil, me. I'm submitted to God, so I'm following his ways, and I'm saying, they don't owe me anymore. And I release them. I choose. The devil's going to say, well, you sure don't feel like it. Shut up. I choose. <laughs> it's okay. You shouldn't say shut up to anybody, but you can say it to the devil. Shut up. <laughs> I release them from paying for the pain that they caused me. All right, fast wind down here. Number one, we forgive because Jesus forgives us. We can. Say, I can. Yeah. You can. You've been empowered. We forgive so that Jesus forgives us. It's the great exchange. No dear slime on me, no dear slime on you, all right? As he forgives me, I forgive you. We're completely clean. 
Third thing is we forgive as Jesus forgives us. Oh, well, if Jesus knew the kind of pain that, oh, wait a minute, you mean the perfect son of God that was crucified for sins he didn't commit, and they stabbed him and poked him and jeered at him and they spit on him and they whipped him and they made fun of him, and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He led. He led the way, right? It'd be one thing if he was some white and holy God that never had any kind of empathy towards humans and he was just throwing out edicts like lightning bolts. Man, he stood in your place. He knows what it's like. Our last slide for today. Brant Hansen finishing off the Unforgiveness series. He says, it's true that sometimes people try to offend us and they're intentionally hurtful and spiteful. And yet there's Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. A fair question then, is that same Jesus living in you and living through you? And is he still saying that? Holy macaroni. You want to end with a kick in the hind end? I'm in Christ and Christ's in me. You know what Christ is hanging on the cross saying? Father, forgive them. Is that same Christ in you right now still saying that? Forgive them. Forgive them. You know why? Because his motive is for you to thrive. He wants you to live abundant life. That all sounds great till you got to do the stuff. Uh, how about just zap us and we're abundant life? <laughs> no, it means making a choice. If I got to do it 40 times today, I'll do it. If I got to do it 50 times tomorrow, I'll do it 50 times tomorrow. If I got to do it 60 times the next day, I'll do it till I'm hoarse because I don't want to be covered in deer slime. I don't want sink monsters on me. And I hope the next time that you got some little, I can't believe they did. I hope you just picture a big wad of girl hair coming out of that sink, <laughs> right? And I want you to go, ooh, yeah, I don't know. Never, never mind. It wasn't that bad. I, I'll forgive them, okay? Amen? Amen. Are we okay? Okay. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for truth. Lord, I know this is hard to hear. It's even harder to do. But Lord, you showed us life. You, you wanted us to know what it's like to live free. Help us to walk in forgiveness and be washed clean of anything that would hold us back. Thank you that we're moving forward today and that we are encountering the living God today to give us the power to do what we can't do on our own. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen.